Welcome to Democracy at Work, a podcast series created by McMaster's Pulsei students. I'm your host, Anoyo Abonu. Who works behind the scenes to help our democracy function? Our class is set out to find that out. From organizing elections to tackling misinformation, we're talking to real people with paying careers in the exciting field of democracy and elections and asking them, what is it like? Take a listen and maybe you can help democracy find a great McMaster mind. Good afternoon, students of McMaster. This is Harpreet. And my name is Lana. We are very pleased to introduce you all to a very special guest, Alex McIsaac. He's a research coordinator at Samara Center for Democracy and has been working with Samara Center for approximately two years now. Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm great. Thank you both for having me today. Our pleasure. So without further ado, let's jump into the heart of the discussion. McMaster students are super eager to learn more about your position here today. All right, Alex, what university did you attend and what field did you study? Yes, my university journey was maybe not the most straightforward. I started off studying a Bachelor of Commerce at Carleton University. I did a year of study there, really did not love the program. It just wasn't for me. So then I moved to studying a Bachelor of Applied Communications leadership and culture at the University of Prince Edward Island in Charlottetown. And I graduated from there in 2020, then did a master's degree at McMaster. Um, I did their master's of public policy in digital society program. All right. That sounds amazing. Was your degree necessary for your current position as a uh, research coordinator? I don't remember the how it was worded exactly. I think they were looking for someone with master's degree or or similar academic background. I don't think it was exactly asking for like a master's of public policy. I think it was just generally social sciences and similar things. So I'm sure that could have included things like sociology or public administration or programs similar to what you folks do. Awesome. And may we ask, why did the research field interest you to begin with? Like, how did you get started? Uh, I'll be frank. I was coming up on graduating from my master's degree. I knew that job search was imminent. So I, I started looking around, didn't constrain myself to either looking for something in the private sector or in government or in a nonprofit. I, I was looking in all of those spaces, but I will have to say that the nonprofit kind of jobs definitely did speak to me. Honestly, I, I got lucky. I found this great, very unique role with the Samara Center. It was advertised in kind of unique way, explaining this research project I hadn't heard of about monitoring abuse in elections on Twitter. And it sounded kind of unique and weird and right up my alley in terms of my interest in Canadian democracy and online abuse and technology and all of these great things. Yeah, that's kind of how I ended up in this research role, which honestly, I didn't come from a research heavy background. I was fortunate to get some upskilling through my master's program to, to feel confident taking on such a role. But honestly, during my undergrad, I didn't get a ton of research heavy research experience, but I still ended up here. So I'm thankful. Yeah, that takes a lot of courage, I'm sure, to uh, apply for a position at the Samara Center for Democracy without a, a research background. So kudos to you. <laughs> Our next question is, what are the major qualifications for success as a research coordinator at the Samara Center for Democracy? Personally, I think genuine curiosity 
is incredibly important. And I think that I'm a curious person. I want to know how things work, why things work and why things happen. So our whole research team are very curious people. And that makes things exciting, um, but that also ensures that our research isn't kind of rote and just that it isn't cyclical. Like we're, we're always trying to find new and emerging and novel ways of doing things and ways that we can change and expand on our projects. So I think that, yeah, definitely um, that having that curiosity is really important in, in this kind of research role. Uh, well, talking about projects, and I'm pretty sure you worked with a lot of people on projects as well. So can you share some key projects you worked on as a research coordinator? For sure. So my kind of focus at Samara has always been on the intersection of technology and democracy. And our main project within that theme is our Sandbot project. So in, in this project, we use machine learning to evaluate the abuse and toxicity of tweets sent to candidates during Canadian elections. And so we've completed deployments uh, of Sandbot in federal, provincial, and municipal elections in Canada in the last three-ish years. So before I was hired, they ran, my colleagues monitored the 2021 federal election. Then I was hired and we monitored in the Ontario election and then in eight municipal elections across Canada. And then we've since monitored in two other elections, which we'll be publishing reports on soon. So that's been the main focus. And I'm just curious, like about the AI uh, being used in elections, did, did that make a difference in collecting votes, getting people to engaged? We've developed some interesting findings and it's had some, the, the Sandbot projects had some great impact. So what we've kind of found throughout all of our, our, our whole research project, all of these deployments is that online abuse is common at all levels of government, whether that's federal, provincial or municipal government. And, you know, elected officials have been feeling this rising tide of online abuse for a long time. That's been exacerbated since the pandemic. And so one of our main goals of Sandbot was to try to quantify the obvious here and put numbers to those lived experiences that we keep hearing about. And it turns out that online abuse is not only present, but it's kind of expected in online spaces like Twitter. And in terms of what people have taken away from it, I mean, our Sandbot work has been referenced in um, news publications in Canada and radio programs in the last two and a half years. But we've, we've also had candidates come to us and tell us that our work helps quantify and frame the abuse that they themselves have received and experienced. So it's, it's really heartening to hear that our work resonates with the lived experiences of a lot of candidates and kind of helps them have, have some data to, to put behind the experiences that they have and to be able to express like how significant of a problem online abuse in civic discussions can be. Awesome. To touch base with some of the challenges that you may have faced, what, what sort of complications do you come across in coordinating research projects related to democracy? In this kind of field of like social media research that I focus on, one of the biggest challenges is um, access to data. So data collection can be a big undertaking for research projects. And, you know, the cost and the labor associated with collecting that kind of data can be hard, especially for nonprofits or academics or what have you. However, you know, in our case, we're conducting research based on social media data, which is data that's already collected anyways. So in theory, it would be really easy to conduct research whenever all the data is already there. But our barrier is less financial and it's about accessibility in social media research because companies don't make it easy 
to collect comprehensive data on what happens on the public facing parts of their platforms. Facebook and Instagram are notorious in limiting terms of what kind of data that researchers can access, which is none to very little. Places like Twitter, which is what we've always used for Sambot, and Reddit used to be better, used to be places where researchers could get a lot of data access for free, at least comparatively to other platforms. But in the last you know, year or two, they've put their data behind paywalls or have made them increasingly inaccessible. So I, you know, add to this that a lot of social media companies have rules about conducting research that we would call like a huge overreach, like rules about giving the company in question, you know, full authority on vetoing a publication if the research is conducted through like a data access agreement, you know, this adds another barrier. So overall, it's just a really bleak time for, for social media research. But this is something that we need, we think really needs to be done. Social media has been part of our lives for, you know, about two decades now, but we're still having so much struggle in, in terms of, you know, changing policy responses to, you know, manage the ills surrounding it, how it's affecting our societies and particularly our civic discourse and our elections. So it's our position that we want to advocate for Canada to take greater legislative measures to increase transparency, increase legally required data transparency requirements from, from social media companies so that researchers like us can actually get our hands on the data to be able to at least assess what are what are the biggest problems because we can't even get into that problem identification stage fully because we just don't have the data. Very interesting. Uh, while we're on the topic of social media, how is it that you stay updated on the latest trends and developments in democratic research? First and foremost, by making friends with um, similar researchers and teams by meeting with them or following their work. There is a very small but mighty community of digital democracy focused researchers here in Canada who produce great work. I was very fortunate through my master's degree at McMaster to be able to meet a lot of the movers and shakers in that world and to also just know which organizations, uh, which researchers to follow. But, you know, issues relating to online communications and, and social media are global in scope uh, and in impact. So, so we can learn a lot from research outside of Canada. We've been fortunate, the Samara Center, our team, to um, enter into some conversations outside of Canada, even though our research at Samara only focuses on Canadian democracy. So some spaces like the Mozilla Festival, where we attended last year, we were able to present our research and learn from others around the world and connect with researchers from the United States, from the UK, from Europe, from India, etc. So in terms of like practically following newsletters from similar organizations and, you know, setting Google alerts helps me keep up with what's going on in this field, as well as social media, uh, like LinkedIn and connecting with people and, and following organizations on there. Well, talking about connections, connections are really important in the workplace and also like making connections outside of the workplace is really important as well. Can you provide us some insight into the impact of your research on shaping policies and public discourse? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I'll, I'll share a little bit more about what we found through Sambot in cumulatively in all, like all the years we've run this project. You know, we found that online abuse is really common and we've been able to quantify it to an extent and understand how significant this kind of rhetoric is and how frequently it's shared. We've also learned that you know, certain topics, particularly things like LGBTQ plus rights uh, issues and topics relating to COVID-19 tends to bring a, bring out a lot of online conversation and heightened abuse. We've also learned a lot more about how we can best use artificial intelligence for civic inquiry and have been able to 
continuously update our research methods as we have gone deployment to deployment with Sambot. And I think we've really improved our ability to develop findings and uh, just structure this project. And it's done a lot to teach us about what we would like to do going forward. So something we've learned through Sambot is that the incentive structure behind social media platforms, the recommendation algorithms that structure them are influencing user behavior and influencing it for the worst. It's our stance that we need social media platforms to be more transparent with how these recommendation systems work so that we can investigate where and how those incentive problems manifest so that policymakers can effectively regulate them. Thank you so much for that detailed response. We are going into the last two questions of today's interview. Just to dial down, are there any moments worth highlighting in your career and upcoming initiatives or projects that you're particularly excited about? I mean, hmm. we're in the process of kind of developing our next uh, project. So I guess stay tuned for what Samara does next. We do have two more Sambot publications to put out early this year. Last year, we tracked the 2023 mayoral by-election in Toronto and the Alberta provincial election. Very soon, we'll have some findings to share coming out of both of those elections, which I think will be really interesting and is, we'll be sharing some information in new ways. That's indeed very exciting. We definitely will be on the lookout for what the Samara Center has to offer next. Uh, and just a final question. To conclude today's interview, what kinds of experiences would you encourage for anybody pursuing a career in researching fields? Yeah, in terms of experiences, I would say invest in what you're interested in if you can. I was fortunate to have some opportunities to do some short-term contract work while I was doing my master's um, with a couple of different nonprofit organizations that really helped me get into the space and just feel confident in doing this kind of work. I think that was really, really useful for me. I did three different contracts, first of which my program advisor set me up with, and then I, I was able to find two more from there on my own. But uh, short-term projects that really helped me build my confidence in this area. I would also say this is something that I wish I knew more about and wish I could have been more involved in beforehand, but there's a lot of civic tech groups out there and just kind of like freelancers or just, just people who are engaged in their communities who want to conduct cool projects and figure out cool things. For example, uh, Civic Tech Toronto is a really cool initiative that I think everybody should check out. And they have kind of weekly meetings that you can go sit in on and, and learn a lot about what people are doing in these kinds of spaces. That was something that I wasn't really aware of beforehand, but I would have loved to have been involved in stuff like that sooner. So yeah, I would say contract work or, you know, part-time employment, try to find things that you're, that really vibe with what you're interested in, but also try to finding those, not necessarily volunteer experiences, but just kind of like civic engagement experiences surrounding whatever your topic of interest is doesn't necessarily have to be digital democracy could be could be really useful these are really great advice for all students going to be listening to this because obviously we're stepping into the workforce so we're trying to like figure ourselves out as well like how we use our degree in the political science field in the open so thank you so much yeah no problem and like i mean there probably are elitist people everywhere who maybe turn your nose up at you but most people if you just ask them to talk about what they do, they're more than happy to sit down with you, have a coffee chat, have a Zoom meeting, just tell you a little bit about what their job is and, and how they got there. So, you know, and that's free to do. Search around on LinkedIn or find people in real life or wh whatever you can do. That's always a good idea.
Well, that officially concludes our interview with our very special guest star, Alex McIsaac. Thank you, Alex, for joining us here today and sharing your knowledge and experiences at the Samara Center for Democracy. You certainly have made an impact for Harpreet and I and for the many, many students uh, in our class that will have a chance to hear this. Uh, we thank you again, and uh, we hope to benefit from your insights. Yeah, McMaster students will be very pleased to hear about your exceptional career and guidance for stepping into the workplace. And like I said, it was truly a pleasure to speak with you. A big thank you to our listeners for tuning in. As always, we'll catch you next time for more discussions and jobs for democracy. Until next time, McMaster Prodigies. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Democracy Works. You can hear the entire series on McMaster's podcast hub. If you'd like a job in democracy and elections, you might be interested to know that McMaster has a new CIVDEM interdisciplinary minor. The CIVDEM program equips students to work towards strengthening civic and democratic vitality, as well as electoral integrity. Learn more about CIVDEM and other interdisciplinary minors on the McMaster Intercession website. Thanks for listening.